Are you a current or future physician assistant wanting to learn more about finances? Then join me on this journey to become a PA the FI way. Hi, my name is Kat and I'm a practicing certified physician assistant who will be your host. It took me five years after I started practicing medicine as a PA to thoroughly dive into my personal finances after I discovered the concept of financial independence. I want to use what I have learned to help you avoid some of the financial mistakes that I have made while sharing some of the financial wins that I have had along the way. Join me as we discuss financial strategies to guide you to becoming a physician assistant on the way to financial independence. Welcome back, current and future PAs who are interested in learning more about financial independence. I'm your host, Kat, and I hope you are all having a wonderful week and are enjoying the nicer weather that spring has provided. I am currently continuing to work telemedicine from my home because my office is being renovated and I chose not to work there during the construction period. But I came into my office at home this morning and looked out the window and saw a rainbow. And I asked my husband, I said, oh, did you see the rainbow outside? And he said, oh, yeah, it looks nice. I'm going to try to find the end of it so we can reach Phi sooner. We both do have cheesy sense of humors. So I thought it was funny, but it's also nice to hear him make comments like that because over the course of the past two years of working on our financial independence journey, It did take some time to try to get him fully on board with the concepts and with ideas, but it has been really fun being on the same page to try to work towards a common goal. So for today's episode, I wanted to review the associated costs of practicing as a physician assistant. So did you know that working as a PA comes with costs, some of which are pretty obvious, while others are more subtle or even potentially hidden? You may be thinking that all of the income you earn through your work can be spent in your personal life. However, there are actually profession-specific costs and general underlying costs to going to work to earn a paycheck as a PA. Let's start by reviewing some profession-specific costs that come with working in the PA profession. Many of these professional costs may be fully or partially covered by your employer, or could potentially be negotiated as part of your benefits during the negotiation process. So the first cost is the PANTS and PANRAE certification exams. If you are not aware, PANTS is an acronym that stands for Physician Assistant National Certifying Exam, and it is the initial certification examination to becoming a PA-C. So once you graduate from a PA program, you are a PA, but in order to become a certified PA, you have to pass PANTS and maintain certification. So that leads me into PANRAE. PANRAE is an acronym that stands for Physician Assistant National Recertifying Exam, and it is the recertification examination currently needed every 10 years to remain a PAC. Near when I graduated from PA school about seven years ago, PAs used to have to take PANRAE every six years to remain certified, but it has been extended to 10 years, which has been very nice. However, there is currently an alternative to PANRAE being piloted, but it is unclear whether this alternative may come to fruition or not. Currently, PANTS costs $475 and PANRAE costs $350. 
the next profession-specific cost is NCCPA's maintenance fee. NCCPA is another acronym that stands for National Commission on Certification of Physician Assistants. This is the organization that you certify and recertify as a PA through. However, it is important to note that not all states require you to be a certified PA or a PA-C to work as a PA in their state. You also log your CMEs that are obtained through their site. Currently, the cost for my certification maintenance fee through NCCPA, which is due in 2022 for me, is listed at $180, which is a fee that occurs every two years for the two-year CME certification cycle. And it appears that it has been increasing by about $20 to $30 every couple of years over the past few cycles. The next profession-specific cost to being a PA is CME. CME stands for Continuing Medical Education. Currently, certified PAs need to complete and report 100 CMEs every two-year cycle through NCCPA. The cost of CMEs is quite variable and depends also on your CME budget that your employer likely provides for you as part of your benefits package. So here's a pro tip Try to negotiate your CME budget because even $1,000 up to a few thousand dollars actually does not go very far after paying the cost of one conference fee, the flight to the conference and back from the conference, hotel, and food for the conference, and potentially even a rental car. There are so many great options for CME courses, but you can actually obtain free CMEs in a variety of ways. One of the primary ways being using up-to-date to research topics and record those CMEs that you earn by doing so. Better yet, if your company pays for up-to-date for you, then this would be a free way to earn CME credits. We'll talk a little bit more about up-to-date in a moment here. Another way to earn free CMEs is to join AAPA, which will soon be discussed, and take advantage of the free CMEs that they offer. The next profession-specific cost of working as a PA is a DEA license. DEA stands for Drug Enforcement Administration. A DEA license is a required license for medical professionals to be able to prescribe and administer controlled substances. Currently, the cost to renew your DEA license for three years is $731, but this often increases over time as well. Many employers cover the DEA fee, because they want you to be able to prescribe those controlled substances in order to be able to work for them. But again, if they initially say they don't cover it, try to negotiate this. The next profession-specific cost to working as a PA is a state license. This is a required license to be able to practice as a PA in the state that you are seeing patients. The cost can vary by state. I would say a lot of employers cover this as part of their benefits package because you need to be a licensed PA in your state in order to be able to work for them. So I would review that part when you are looking at your offer. So those profession-specific costs to working as a PA that we have covered so far are usually pretty much required depending upon the state that you work in as a PA as well as the specialty. These next few costs that I would like to review are fairly optional, but I think they are important to consider. So the first one is an AAPA membership. 
So AAPA stands for American Academy of Physician Assistants, and it is the National Professional Society for PAs. Many PA programs actually have you automatically join AAPA as a student member while you are in PA school, but it is up to you whether you want to maintain your membership. Currently, the membership fee for a practicing PA is $295 every year. There are several benefits to being a member, including access to free CMEs, as previously mentioned, as well as the free salary report, which can give you information about the salary of different PAs in various specialties throughout the country in many states. There are other benefits as well. Additionally, this is the national organization that advocates for the PA profession, so it's great to support them. One of my employers covered the cost of this membership, and another had me use my CME funds to cover the cost if I chose to do so as I had wanted to continue my membership through them. The next potential professional cost while working as a PA is your state PA society. So as AAPA is the National Professional Society for PAs, your state also has a professional society for PAs. This cost can vary by state. Your state PA society likely is also advocating for the PA profession at a more local level. So again, it's great to maintain a membership through them. Many of the state PA societies push for local legislation for PAs to practice to their full scope of practice. My state PA society also will post a variety of PA job openings, which may help you find a job as a new grad or even as an experienced PA if you are looking for a new role. Again, some employers may cover this membership cost for you, or you may be able to discuss this in negotiation, or you might have to cover it yourself or potentially use CME funds to do so. Both AAPA and likely your state PA society have different conferences that you can attend throughout the year where you can pay the conference fee to attend the conference and earn CMEs while meeting many other PAs in the process. Another possible profession-specific cost to working as a PA would be the resources that you would like to obtain. So depending on your specialty as a PA, you likely will have a variety of professional resources that are very handy to utilize. For example, I had previously mentioned UpToDate. UpToDate is a very commonly used resource in the medical community to research almost any topic or disease in medicine. You can look up the symptoms, the diagnosis process, which diagnostics are recommended such as labs or imaging studies, the various treatments that are usually recommended as first line or second line, monitoring recommendations while on various medications, potential adverse reactions, side effects, those types of things. So it's a very useful tool. So far, over my past seven years as practicing as a PA, my employers have provided this incredibly helpful resource to me for free, but I have heard of other PAs needing to purchase their own up-to-date subscription. So we just reviewed the various profession-specific costs to working as a PA. So now let's review general costs of working as a PA that are not necessarily specific for the PA profession. The first topic is commuting. Unless you work fully in telemedicine as a PA from the comfort of your home, you likely commute to work. Even if you have to commute, 
The cost could be free if you're able to walk to work or if you bike to work with a paid-off bicycle. However, commuting to work often costs PAs some money, whether that includes taking public transportation or driving a vehicle or motorized scooter or something else to work. If you drive something to work, it costs money for the gas or the electricity or battery that operates the vehicle. There are also maintenance costs. I would venture to say that most PAs drive some type of vehicle to their job, and if so, try to keep the costs low by driving a vehicle that is a few years older and paid for versus a newly bought or leased vehicle. I have previously mentioned how getting a leased vehicle was one of the top financial mistakes that my husband and I have made over the past several years together. And if I can convince even one person to not get a brand new or a leased vehicle, but instead to drive a paid for but a few years older vehicle, then I feel like that I've done a good job. And the reason why is something called opportunity cost. So if you are considering a new vehicle, you can figure out what the opportunity cost would be for you to buy a few years older but paid for vehicle versus a newly bought or a leased vehicle by writing down the numbers of the cost in doing so. So not only are newly bought or leased vehicles generally usually more expensive than a vehicle that is a few years old, but if you take that monthly payment amount for that leased vehicle and plug it into a compounding interest calculator that you can find online, along with the specifics of how many months the lease would be for, and then pick a timeline such as 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, to see how much that monthly payment amount over the course of usually about three years or so can increase over time when it's compounded versus you paying a flat amount for a car, you will see how much of an opportunity cost it is to spend a lot of money on a brand new car or a lease vehicle. I do recognize that some older cars can have maintenance costs or might not be as efficient on miles per gallon when it comes to fuel, but if you purchase a car that's only a few years old instead of many years old, you might be able to bypass some of those issues. But again, this is another example of where personal finance is personal. So you may choose to spend more money on a vehicle if that's the route that you would like to go. I just really encourage you to take a look at the opportunity cost in doing so and decide if driving that newer leased vehicle is something that you truly value, because if it is, go for it. Additionally, if you do purchase a new vehicle and plan to drive it throughout its lifetime, so several years, at least 10 years, maybe 15 years or so, then buying a new vehicle can often be the way to go. The next general cost of working is work attire. Now, depending on your specialty and your employer, you may have to pay for your work clothes, whether they be business casual or scrubs. Some hospitals actually do provide scrubs for you, but many PA positions require you to wear your own clothes that you have had to pay for. Don't forget the costs of shoes as well, whether they are some comfy clogs like dance goes or comfy tennis shoes like New Balance or Hoka shoes or fancy heels or other dress shoes, they can all be a pretty penny. The next category is lunches. You can keep the cost of lunch pretty low by bringing a packed lunch with you to work, but if you instead go out to lunch with your coworkers or order a delivered lunch many days in a week, the cost can drastically add up over time. 
Now, again, if ordering a lunch or going out to lunch is something you truly value, then you may elect to continue to have those types of lunches if that's what you would like to do. The next category of general costs of going to work is daycare or childcare. If you are going to work as a PA and don't have a spouse or other family member that is able to watch your kiddos for free, then there is likely a cost for their daycare or childcare that needs to be factored in depending on their ages. So we have reviewed some examples of profession-specific costs and general costs that are associated with working as a physician assistant. These lists were not all-inclusive as there are a variety of costs that may occur due to working. If you do choose to pursue financial independence and are thinking you may retire early, then take into consideration how much continuing to work is actually costing you financially. But we just reviewed the financial costs with working as a PA, but we did not cover the other life costs, such as possibly missing out on spending time with your family or even some of your kiddos' activities as they grow up. Additionally, depending on your specialty and work environment, the stress of working may have some underlying mental health costs as well. The time of your commute is also a cost that is not a financial cost, but rather the cost of you spending your precious time away from your family and friends heading to and from your job. The point of this episode certainly was not meant to make you feel overwhelmed or guilty about working as a PA, because we need excellent PAs like you to be out there practicing medicine and taking care of your patients. But rather, the point of this episode was to bring awareness that the cost of work needs to be factored into your finances for a more complete picture. Thanks for taking a listen today to this episode, and I hope that you've decided to join me in pursuing financial independence as a PA to allow more options to open up, along with the flexibility and freedom that financial independence can provide for you. Once you reach financial independence, work is something that can be optional, or that you can decide to change to whatever you feel like would be ideal for your situation. I hope you take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, write a review if you're able to do so, and share it with another current or future PA out there. Take a look at the show notes if you would like to follow along on Instagram or join the private Facebook group for PAs on their way to financial independence, or if you'd like to check out blog posts that have been posted on my website. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope that you decide to continue to join me along this journey of becoming a PA the FI way. Please take a moment to press the subscribe button on the platform that you are listening to this on, but more importantly, consider sharing with another current or future PA that could benefit from the information that we reviewed in this episode. Take care and have a great rest of your day. Until next time.